Many hands make slight work, and this is a big job producing this podcast, but I've got help, and the Vancouver Island Works Project has been providing a great deal of help by creating for me a premium website, biwproject.com, for a premium website for yourself. Don't go to just Wix or something like that where you bang it together. Everybody thinks they can do a DIY website, and yeah, you can, but it's going to be missing so much stuff. If you want a K car, go get a K car. If you want a Lamborghini, you go to viwproject.com. Thank you, Manny Mandruziak, who I served with, who made this possible. Thank you for your support of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast, by providing us with a beautiful premium website. That website is operationtraumarecovery.org. OperationTraumaRecovery.org is the website that they made for us. And VIWProject.com is where you go to get one for yourself. Victor India Whiskey Project.com. Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. In three, two, one, and we are rolling with another special edition of Operation Tango Romeo. Today on the show, I have Stephen Inglefield. So happy to have you. Uh, he is the CEO of Integrated Rehab and Performance Limited. Rehab and Performance is the only physical rehabilitation company in Canada that exclusively caters to military veterans, RCMP, and first responders. They provide comprehensive multidisciplinary programs built on the expertise of kinesiology, physiotherapy, massage therapy, athletic therapy, and dietetics. Opening their first location in February 2019, they have already helped many military veterans, RCMP, and first responders reclaim their health and their lives. Paramount to their success has been building a supportive and understanding community that fosters interpersonal interaction and connection. Stephen Inglefield, thanks for being here, sir. Thanks a lot, Mark. I really appreciate the introduction. You betcha. Well, thank God for your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> there, there will be links uh, in the show notes to every way there is to get a hold of you, Stephen. So I'm just going to start off right off the bat. You are a civilian. You haven't served. So why veterans and first responders? Why would you choose that specialty? It's a great question. Um, and, um, you know, it goes back uh, three, three, four years ago. Um, my, my business partner and I, we started a uh, exercise rehabilitation company working with general uh, public populations um, based around longstanding injury and chronic persistent pain. And so we would work with ICBC cases, which is um, in British Columbia, um, the kind of automotive insurance um, for, for kind of motor vehicle accidents. And uh, we would work with, with these clients uh, over 12, 
16-week periods, and we would use the most modern evidence-based research in uh, pain education and movement science to help um, rehabilitate these, these clients. And so around that time, um, that was going well. Um, and I actually started working with a business mentor who happens to be a veteran himself. And uh, you know him, uh, Mr. Manny Mandruziak. And um, he mentioned that you might have a couple of stories about him that uh, might come out along the way. None that I'm willing to admit on air. <laughs> and um, Some things don't have a statute of limitations, you know. <laughs> And he said, he said to me, you know, this is something that the troops could really use. There's, there's, there's no services out there. And so I heard that the first time and was like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. And, and we carried on. And then next meeting I had with him, I'm like, seriously, what you've got here, you've got something, you've got something good here. And I really think that this, that this should be prioritized for military veterans. And so after that point, I was like, okay, and started doing some research and was absolutely flawed when I realized Canada-wide um, that there was not one program or one facility where veterans could go to knowing that it was exclusively for them. So there's great programs, and don't get me wrong, you can go to, you go to pain programs at hospitals, you can go to private pain programs or pay, uh, private rehabilitation programs, but on the whole, you're going to be in there with um, private insurance Claims like WorkSafe BC over here and, um, you know, workers' comp t- type claims, um, big lecture halls of 30 people learning about pain education, more of a one-size-fits-all type standard programming. And I, we, Tasha and I looked at ourselves and said, we've got to do something about this. So right from there, we went down to the base um, CFB Esquimalt and we were there at a trade show. And um, while we were down there, we, we were just kind of talking to some of the, the active serving and some, some veterans as well. And we actually met a case manager. And um, I was like, for, for a case manager from Veterans Affairs. And I was like, let's have a meeting. I would love to pick your brain. Um, ended up uh, working with her uh, to really understand the, the state of affairs and um, what Veterans Affairs Canada are looking for. Um, in, in regards to a provider and, and finding some of some of the, the the roadblocks in getting services out to veterans, and from there, veteran <clears throat> rehab was born. Um, and so we started uh, immediately. We, we brought in physiotherapists and uh, massage therapists, and we ran our very first program out of a shared. Uh, fitness space in, in downtown Victoria. It was just out of a, a yoga room in a gym. And we had our first two veterans and we ran this 12-week program. And you know, we knew what we were doing in regards to physical rehab, but you know, hands up in the air, we were about to learn a lot about working with, with military veterans. Um, what was key to that, though, is we were open to it. We, we wanted to really understand what... We wanted to know what we didn't know because... As far as we were concerned, we were going to build the best, most modern evidence-based physical rehabilitation program there is. When we started getting the feedback from those first few veterans that went through our program, they didn't really talk about the physical rehab. They didn't talk about the movements we got people to do or the education that they got. The feedback that we got was it was just really great to be heard. 
you gave us a space to talk and share our experiences. You allowed us to go at our own pace. It was awesome to be doing this with another veteran. And so we had that camaraderie and that, that sense of, you know, working together as a team, which the vet, you know, the, the military community has done their entire lives. But then, you know, we've now got to take into consideration some of the struggles from transitioning from military to civilian life. And sometimes that camaraderie and that sense of purpose uh, gets lost. And now here they are working together, but for their own personal health goals. And these were just nuances and, and subtleties to what we what we were creating that we had no idea when we first set out. As soon as we understood that, the next step was then, okay, we need to get people out of this yoga studio, which is a, you know, an uncontrolled environment. There's people dropping weights and there's sometimes crazy music going on. And, you know, we need to find a place that represents that feedback of a safe, well, welcoming, understood environment. And that's where we opened our first facility in February of last year. It's critical. Uh, the term cultural competence is one I heard from a paramedic friend uh, a couple of years ago at a, co- at a PTSD conference or a suicide prevention conference, I think it was. And it's, it's so true. Uh, having working with you, um, having veterans working with you to help other veterans or first responders. And it's a, it's a similar language. That's why this podcast is for same as yours, as your scope, uh, veterans, first responders and their families, because we speak a similar language. So, uh, I consider, uh, first responders to be my brothers and sisters in uniform. Um, I don't separate them from the veteran community. Uh, there's, and most of them accept me in their community because we both have seen some stuff and we both understand the dark side of humanity. And that's, um, that's, a, that's a link that matters. So if you're able to always respect and offer that link um, with, your, with your services and, and understand that you're dealing with people that may have seen the face of Satan himself, um, and that leaves a stamp on you. It leaves a scar. Um, that is where the dark humor comes from, the gallows humor, um, some, some of the directness. Uh, and that's also what makes them feel comfortable, is, is being able to be themselves um, without being, having to bend and to shift, which is, as we were speaking off air, uh, one of the problems with the Legion today is uh, they're supposed to offer that environment and uh, at the at the pubs, and they offer the exact opposite, which is just really unfortunate. So, and so to speak to that point, um, the basis of our program is that the twelve week programs, and the the guys come in every day, uh, and they come in for an hour and a half, two hours a day. Um, and what that means is rather than you go and see just you go and get a private treatment from whatever it is, a physio, chiro, whatever, you might go in once a week, once every couple of weeks, maybe twice a week. You go kind of go in, you have your treatment and you leave. That's the state of the 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 more biomedical focused uh, rehabilitation industry because it works. You can get people in, you can get three, you can see three clients in an hour. You, you can make your money and so you can you can you know, still be offering good service, but, you know, that's the way that the industry went. What we said was, no, we want, and, and this is, it was really interesting because remember we were, we were, we were running an exercise, uh, a kinesiology company first, and we were getting results with clients effectively as personal trainers that 
they weren't getting from the specialists and the doctors and all of these things that they've been talking about. And we're, and we're like, well, why are we? Because we're not, not, we're not going out. We're not smarter than these specialists and these doctors. Why are we getting results when those guys aren't? And the very simple fact is it's because we have more time. We can build a rapport. We can understand. We can, we, we, we can facilitate. We can pick up on what the real struggles are underlying this. And, it, and this is very much what we move from a biomedical to a biopsychosocial approach. And this biopsychosocial approach takes into consideration the bio, yes, that's muscles, structures, jo- joints, all of that stuff. We know that's the situation. But then by taking into the, so- the psycho and the social aspects of this, how is the mental health integration affecting the pain and the limitation? How is the belief that you are limited affecting uh, your movement? Some people just say, they'll, they'll see, I'll pick up a pen and they'll be like, I can't do that. That movement's going to hurt. But I can get them in a different position where they're still hinging at the hips but they don't associate it with picking something up and it doesn't hurt. So if I can show you that and put you into that position, then we can start understanding how your belief of your limitation is actually influencing your pain and your, uh, and therefore that, that limitation of movement. And then the social side is how is your relationship with your pain and your injury affecting your life? Is Can there, not- and the other way around, I wonder if you could comment, is there a negative feedback, a negative feedback loop from stress and anxiety? Because the stress and anxiety takes a physical toll. And then when you start to feel the physical toll, uh, that creates more stress and anxiety. Is that, is that where you guys come in? You are a hundred, a hundred percent right. That the, the stress response and the pain response are very, very, very similar. Both, both are inhibiting or increase, sorry, both are increasing levels of cortisol, which, you know, both are um, oversensitizing the central nervous system. And there's just a cascade effect. And, and you go into that kind of that fight or flight, but at a very, at, at a level that you don't uh, identify as fight or flight. It's just this lower frequency that's always there that's keeping your body on alert that you've kind of adjusted to. And you're not and, even aware that it's happening. And you're not even aware it's happening. So what we were able to do by creating, you know, 90 to 120 hours of contact time, it means that when the veteran comes in, when the client comes in, it, 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 it's not that, okay, you're on the bike for 45 minutes and you're going to go and see this person, see that person, see this person. Walk in. How you doing, Mark? What's, what, what's real for you today? What's come up since we last, we, we last saw you? And depending on what your answers are to those checking questions is how that day is going to go. Maybe someone just cut you off on the drive to the, to the facility and you're, 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 you know, you're annoyed and pissed off and you're like, oh, and he cut me off and he flipped me the bird. We're going to take that into consideration. And maybe what we need to look at is how we can get things to maybe we need to talk or maybe we need to do some, some lighter mobility or some stretching or whatever it might be. Maybe, maybe that's a time to educate. Maybe you're going to come in all part. I feel great. I want to take on the world. And maybe that's a day it's going to be more active. So we don't actually have a plan for you necessarily when you come in for that day, because we don't know who you are walking in through that door. We don't know what's happened to you since the 22 hours since we last saw you. So taking that into consideration, 
the veteran is now actually an active participant in a their goal setting, but also in the speed and the pace and the structure of how this program looks. What we've said is we're going to have all of these disciplines under one roof. We definitely have milestones in our head of what we need you to know and how we want you to progress, but it's going to go at your pace and we're only going to work with what you give us. Body and mind tend to follow each other. So when you are low emotionally, um, you tend to not want to get out of bed and, and going for a workout is just the last thing that could ever happen. Um, but when you break that cycle by, by getting your body moving, uh, which you can only do when you have one of your up days, and then the, <laughs> the trick is keep going when you're having your down days. But by uh, getting your body moving more and, and more effectively and with less pain, that has a significant mental effect on you, which creates a positive feedback loop. And then you get the body moving first, then the mind follows and starts working better. And that supports the body moving even more, the the positive feedback loop. How do you maintain that positive feedback loop? Does it become a habit by some t- by the time somebody's been through your program? Absolutely. And so what you're effectively describing is is kind of the the, the underpinning basis of neuroplastic, neuroplasticity. So we believe pain to be a neuroplastic condition. So when we talk about neuroplasticity, where it's the understanding that the brain is malleable. It is ever-changing from, from, from day one to, to, to the end. Your brain is always, always changing. And so when you're talking about negative and positive associations and negative and positive pathways – what actually happens is when we get into this negative loop, you start building this, this bond, this belief that your pain defines you and you're limited and there's things you can't do and things are getting taken away from you. And then that then is stress, the, the stress and the anxiety of that, as you described, it starts building and building and building and, it, and, and then the body follows. What we do is we try to find the first quick win. We call them quick wins. So we get you, and I'm not going to lie, the majority of veterans that walk through our door are very uh, dubious of us. We're a civilian company. We're, we're walking in. What, what have I signed up for? Some people don't even know. Their case managers or psychs have said, go to this program. It's great. And they, they, they've walked in the front door, and they're like, okay, what is this? By the end of week two, the amount of people, and I can, I, you can go on our testimonials on our page and see that use the words, uh, drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> They're like, I did buy in, but we drank the Kool-Aid. And, and more than like so many veterans have said that <laughs> unprompted, always drank the Kool-Aid. And they're like, we get it. And because what we do is we find that first quick win and it's different for everybody. It could be that example that I told you about, you know, being able to bend forwards and maybe, maybe it's, maybe we get you to touch your toes in the first week. And you're like, I haven't touched my toes in 20 years. (laughs) Maybe it's, yeah, I'm, I just know that, you know, I'm always in pain and maybe we can put you in a position for the very first time or we can do something and say, well, how do you feel in this position? And they're like, in this position, there's no pain. That, the strength and the power of that little sentence right there, I've just now broken or at least glitched. There's something isn't computing right about this belief that you had that I'm always going to be in pain. I've just given you a wind, a glimpse that there's, I can find a way that you're not in pain. And we take that and we build on it. 
So now if I can show you that, what else can we do? Now we start changing that mindset from these are the things I can't do to I can do this in spite of my pain or my injury. And when you start building that, we build this new pathway, this new neural pathway. We st- imagine it like a tree and its branches growing and we start building off of that and then we start increasing the scope of what you can do. And then that starts contradicting this belief that I'm not going to be able to do these things. And once you're on that, it starts picking up pace and picking up pace. And before you know it, the goals that we set out for, for the guys at the beginning of the program by week six, they've achieved them all. And now their next goals are, well, now I want to run 5k. Well, your original goal was you just wanted to be able to walk a kilometer without your knees hurting. And it happens really, really quickly because what we're, what we're doing is it's, it's not if you've gone in and you've just been like, okay, do this exercise and let's have a massage on your knee and all of those sort of things. Yeah. We're going to be in this loop. But as soon as you actually think about what's happening from the psychological aspect and you get that part on board from there, it's just then it's just then keep feeding the quick wins, feeding the things that's working and the, uh, the limitation and the belief that you can't do things just starts getting smaller, smaller, and smaller. What are the three most common problems that people come to you with? Thing is, you know, with with you know everybody who's uh, been running was thirty k with rucksacks for, for many years. You know, we get you get a lot of lower back stuff. Everybody's got a back. Everyone's got some problems with their with their lower back. You get knees. You get shoulders. Um, if I'm going to start breaking it down into into physical injuries, see, so far, yes, yes, and yes, exactly, right? Like I can pretty much guarantee that. Um, the funny thing that the thing that's interesting is um, so the way that it works with, as I'm sure you, you're aware, that it works with uh, veterans affairs um, and military veterans. When you when you get medically released, and if you go onto the rehab program, uh, there's usually uh, a few different, you know, there's, there's different injuries that are why you're on the rehab program. So it'll be like this person has, um, you know, a, a, a knee degeneration. This person's got uh, a disc herniation in their back and this person's got, let's say, IBS, right? And that's why they're on the rehab program. When they come to us, what we get as the report is these are the three reasons why they're on the rehab program. How can you help? So they come in and we do our assessment and we know that we need to speak to those three things. Well, some cases, some of the guys have been been retired for 10, 15, 20 years. The reasons that <laughs> that they were that they were uh, on the rehab program might not actually apply to what's bothering them today. So they come in with a knee, a back, and a shoulder, and they're actually and, and they're actually coming in, they're like, yeah. My, you know, I get migraines and my neck hurts all the time. How's your knee? Oh, my knee's fine. Well, how about your lower back? Well, it's stiff sometimes, but really the neck is the problem. Well, our, what we have to do is speak to the knee, the shoulder and the back, but know that actually with the human being that's sitting in front of us, what's real to them is that they need their neck. The, the, the neck is the bit that's causing them the pain. So it, it we have to, we have to walk this, this line of, improving what's on their medical file, but actually working with the real human in front of us who may have a whole bunch of different issues 
than what's been reported. One of the most common issues with PTSD is irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. Yeah. Um, but nobody talks about it because it's, uh, it's embarrassing. Why, why is IBS a symptom? First of all, um, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's try to break the stigma of IBS being uh, embarrassing. Anybody that's ever had any gastrointestinal issues, it is miserable, you know, like, no, there's, there's a reason, <laughs> there's a reason um, why we actively avoid that in every single way. Like it is energy draining. It, you know, it's, um, it's uncomfortable. It's, it can be painful. You can be dehydrate your, your risk of dehydration, all of these different things. Um, and so for that, you know, for that and many of the reasons we made sure that diet, dietitian services were a big part of our program. Um, the intrinsic link between stress and anxiety and your digestive system is, is very well documented. Um, you know, if you're, if you're ever feeling stressed and anxious, you're usually just aware of your stomach in general. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's where, you know, that, that not saying you store your issues in your tissues. You've ever heard that? Like, but it's true. That, that, that is true. Right. And so, um, we, we, we can get into, you know, the, the science behind it in regards to the, the, uh, sympathetic, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems and what's being, uh, triggered, but effectively, yeah, stress and anxiety is a direct link to IBS. So, they go hand in hand. And this is why people get sent to us with IBS, not because we're going to give them necessarily a diet change, but if we are still taking into consideration that biopsychosocial approach and we're understanding that we're treating the entire human, if we can decrease stress and anxiety, if we can look at decreasing that, those cortisol levels, that letting, letting the client understand that they're operating at this high level of of uh final flight that they're not even aware of and get that to bring back down you start seeing these improvements in all of the consequential things such as ibs and so and and so that's you know the the ripple effect of just for us and it's so funny that we, we even have to talk about it consider the human that you're working with <laughs> you know don't think of them as a set of limbs you know, I'm working with a shoulder, I'm working with a back, I'm working with a knee. No, you're working with a human being that's got all of this history, is currently dealing with this, and it's affecting his life or his or her life in this way. Well, that's the typical medical doctor, uh, especially surgeons. They see you as a pile of tissue and, and uh, blood and ligaments, and they don't see you as a person. It's, it's biomedical versus biopsychosocial, and the more... and, and the more biopsychosocial approach we can take and the more that we can consider all aspects. And so, and so like we, we use all sorts of different tools. We use motivational interviewing. We, we, when we, when we're talking to people, we don't ask questions. We don't guide the conversation in necessarily, well, what do you think about this or what's your thoughts on that? When, when, the, when, when our, our participants, when they talk to us, We'll, we'll use different strategies. Uh, mirroring and labeling is, is, is a strategy where you may say something to me and my goal is to get more information out of you without asking you a question. And by doing that, I'm actually allowing you to be heard. I'm allowing you to guide the conversation, to get things out. And there's a, there's a very real 
uh, cathartic effect to that to, to just be heard, to be validated. And then if on the back end of that, we can, we can support it with some, with some research, with some evidence, with a tool or a tip or a trick. 12-week programming allows us to do that and to actually create real habitual changes and set you up for independence post-program. Stephen, logistically, how are you guys uh, nav- navigating the COVID lockdowns right now? So, uh, you know, obviously a difficult time for everybody when that's when uh, the, the initial kind of closures happened in the mid-March, we, we had to close the clinic. Um, <clears throat> and that was a very, very stressful time. Um, you know, yet, yes, uh, you know, we, we, we are still a business. There still has to be money to come in to pay the staff and everything stopped. So um, my staff were temporarily laid off, but this just speaks volumes about them. They all volunteered their time and were making sure that we were doing virtual pro- virtual calls, creating online programs, and working with our veterans because we couldn't just leave them mid-program. Um, and at, at that time, everybody, you know, Veterans Affairs was was still trying to figure out, oh, how are we going to deal with this? And there wasn't any options for, necessarily for uh, telehealth and any of that for those first month or so. Um, so we scrambled and we were able to, to do the best that we could over those two months. We opened back up in June uh, and it's very much, I don't want to use the cliche, business as normal. Um, obviously, with all of our COVID safe, uh, safety precautions, mandatory mask wearing, and we've spread the programs out. We're already a very, very low volume clinic. Our programs have a maximum of four veterans. So there's only our staff and the veterans in the program. There's nobody else walking in and out. It's just very, very small. So we're actually able to control the environment very, very well. Um, so from that re- regards, from our side, it's business as normal. What I will say, though, is, you know, uh, when you're working with, Uh, veteran populations a lot of people are on different medications there's a lot of people who could be immunocompromised and there's obviously the increases of um you know stress and anxiety caused by self-isolation and um you know we spend the majority of our time working with veterans to become more social and to and to create healthy structures and systems in their lives so they get out of the house every day and they 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 interact and they do these things and then straight away the message from the government is stay at home don't talk to anyone <laughs> and so you know that was a whole big hurdle that we had to overcome so the clinic's definitely been slower this year um but from our side we what we've we've done with that time is we've worked really really hard at creating a lot of online offerings and so we're actually, uh, um, you know, this this has been born out of people reaching out to us from across Canada. You know, I've got veterans in Newfoundland saying, how do we access your services? And how and do like, people get to you? Uh, what, are, what are some of the um, places that if they want the online services, uh, how do they sign up? So uh, it's a very good question. We're about to launch that uh, our online programs in uh, the very beginning of January. We're just putting them together, and well, we're going this, to. This show, this episode is going to be broadcast in uh, the middle of January, so it'll be up and running by the time anybody hears this. Okay, so for everybody that's listening, you can go to a veteranrehabandperform.com and there'll be a tab there for online programs. And there's going to be options for movement exercise-based coaching, nutritional-based coaching, and then a combination of the two, which is a very a more comprehensive program. So what we've put together is, you know, it's impossible for us to give the same level of tailored custom 
um, coaching that you would get if you were in our program. But what we've done is created a movement assessment tool that you can self-screen yourself. And so seven simple exercises with very simple criteria. And based upon the scoring of that criteria, which is effectively this hurts, zero, one, it doesn't hurt, but I can't achieve the movement. And two, I can achieve the movement. Based upon that score, it will actually give you a total. And then that will give you a workout for that day that is going to be safe, effective, um, and progressive for you. And that, and, that, and so it's somewhat semi-tailored. And that's going to come out every three, day, uh, every, uh, three times a week. And then in between that, there's mobility and flows and, and different exercises there. So it's a portal to keep you active. You also get weekly live videos with our team who are going to be then taking you through some more principles um, of movement and doing some more live coaching, um, as well as a, a range of Facebook support groups and um, webinar series. In regards to the nutrition element, We have daily nutritional coaching. It's a very, very sophisticated, comprehensive program whereby daily you get um, you'll you'll get nutritional lessons, tasks, um, recipes, all sorts of different things to help um, coach you through specific to a very comprehensive um, initial assessment form that you fill in. Um, and based upon that, it will tailor all of the nutritional coaching to you. So these are programs that we're, we're, we're trying to get out there, especially for those veterans who are in remote and rural areas that maybe not, don't have the clear, clear access to just go down to their local uh, you know, rehab clinic or physio clinic. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do. Uh, we are both on a mission to save lives and relieve pain. And what you do matters, and what and it does relieve pain, and it does save lives. So thank you so much, Stephen Englefield, and stay on the line as we close out. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Many hands make slight work, and this is a big job producing this podcast, but I've got help, and the Vancouver Island Works Project has been providing a great deal of help by creating for me a premium website, biwproject.com, for a premium website for yourself. Don't go to just Wix or something like that where you bang it together. Everybody thinks they can do a DIY website, and yeah, you can, but it's going to be missing so much stuff if you want a k-car go get a k-car if you want a lamborghini you go to viwproject.com thank you manny mandruziak who i served with who made this possible thank you for your support of operation tango romeo the trauma recovery podcast by providing us with a beautiful premium website that website is operation trauma recovery.org OperationTraumaRecovery.org is the website that they made for us. And 
viwproject.com is where you go to get one for yourself. Victor India Whiskey Project dot com.